Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. The Kinky Cast is heard in over 150 countries. This week's episode is number 222 in our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we present the Leather History Preservation Foundation. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for loads of information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com Here's your hosts, Woody and the Beast. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. The Beast is back. How are you, man? I am good, Woody. We've been missing you. Well, life is just getting too crazy for me. Crazy life. Gee, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I know. You have such a charmed, easygoing life. Charmed. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, all these yeah, lovely... Yeah, all, all my good lookingness and money that comes in from the lottery. Right, right, right. You are independently wealthy. Um, <laughs> you, you reek, know. man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I am. I, I'm, I'm green fiction here. But it's good to be back. Well, yes. Good to be back. Woody. I don't know that we've ever talked to anybody with their own foundation before. Well, that's actually pretty cool, and a leather foundation at that. Yeah, we got Tori and Jeff on the line. Hi, you all. Hi, guys. Hi. And they don't just have a a leather foundation. Theirs is about history, which is near and dear to my heart. Tell us a little bit about the foundation. The Leather History Preservation Foundation was created in April of 2016 uh, to be a legal entity that we could produce the Leather History Conference through, uh, keeping uh, our finances transparent and above board. The um, foundation board members didn't want to mingle personal finances and and foundation finances. And we had to have that legal corporation in order to create the bank accounts and the PayPal and everything so that we could keep our records uh, transparent. So what does the foundation do? Uh, We produce the Leather History Preservation Weekend. It's an event uh, the first weekend of November November 2 through 4, 2018 this year. The uh, event is to promote the tradition and practice of oral history uh, in the leather community. We bring in people with extensive histories and backgrounds. Uh, We provide a a wide variety of of voices uh, to reflect the diversity of the leather community. Is this local to an area or nationwide or worldwide? It is in High Point, North Carolina, is where it's physically happening. And it is open to anyone who wishes to attend that is of legal age. All right. The the event's been going on for quite a few years now. And the foundation is fairly, is is a newer addition, right? No. um, In 2017, we started a new weekend event. Okay. And that is the Leather History Preservation Weekend. It is a very diverse weekend. Uh, That is one of the things we focused on was having a not just when you talk about diversity, most people think about race and it's not just racial diversity. It is 
also throughout everything you can think of in the leather community. We try to have gay, straight, bi, multi-races, transgender, genderqueer, different ages, tops and bottoms. Um, we have one in the that's still TNG age, and we've had them 80 years old. <laughs> well, that we, pretty well covers it. Yeah, we keep on trucking. We just don't want to die. And if you keep those leathers up, they'll they'll go forever, won't they? Indeed, they will. So where did the idea come from? The idea, the Leather History Conference was created by Gypsy Windfeather Ferris. Gypsy wanted to preserve the historical records, uh, the, the oral stories of a lot of different people, and she created the Leather History Conference to do that. Uh, she had to quit producing the event in 2016 for personal and family reasons, and she told Tori and Dave Hudson they could do what they wanted to with it. They stepped up and said, we'll make it happen. And they did. And that's when we created the foundation because we didn't have access to the Leather History Conference finances. We it, we were not the, the bank account owners and all of that. So we created the, the foundation to be that business entity that produced the event. And at the end of the 2016 event, the board for the foundation felt that we wanted to move in different direction. We wanted to bring more diverse voices to the table to reach a broader audience than Leather History Conference had been reaching. And so we created the Leather History Preservation Weekend to move forward in and cast a broader net for our community to reflect the reality of today's leather, not leather that was 30 years ago. So you had some speakers at this last conference in November? Yes. Yes. Well, last year it was in October. October, okay. Who did you have? Oh, last year, um, Lady Catherine Gross was our keynote historian, and we had Sir Ja out of Atlanta, J.P. Gardner out of South Carolina, Mistress Cyan out of California. Most people know her from DomCon. She was on our show, yes. We, we know her very well. Obi Ham, um, Sir Tom Matt, and Angel Props. Oh, yeah, that's quite a cross section. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You're starting to put together this year's show and and invite speakers, I guess. That has already happened. Ooh. Give us a preview of who's coming. Our keynote historian is Tomo, who is International Slave 2016, and our Historians are Miss Rhonda, International Master 2016, Jennifer, who lives in Virginia, who is a community educator and activist, Mr. Blue, who is the current International Master, uh, Master James Ross Raleigh out of Atlanta area, Boy Dana, who was uh, Georgia Leather Boy 2000, who is an educator and a demo bottom. And I'm waiting for the final confirmation on the last one, um, and that is supposed to be Leslie Anderson. Again, quite a cross-section of people. Congratulations. Wow. Yes, very much. Good. Congratulations. Indeed, um, that is the diversity that is our community. Most people would, would see leather has a very small cross-section, but as you're 
showing us, even though it's a smaller cross-section, there's a lot of different opinions and viewpoints in that cross-section. What brought that uh, the idea to, to delve into the diversity so deeply? These are the people I know. It's a reflection of the community, the people that I know where I go, when I go different places. These are the faces I see. And when I have younger people coming to me going, you know, I know what happens at my T&G groups, but what was it like 20 years ago? Well, I need to tap on something that's going to enlighten the T&Gers and get them there and give them the rest of what they want, which is people that were living this 20 years ago. What you're talking about is a very important thing because where we came from is where we're going to be going, and we have to have that continuity, and a lot of people don't know it. Yeah, the um, whole thing about the, the changing face of leather struck me a few years ago when so many of the leather bars in our community were closing because they were losing the leather clubs because they weren't adapting to the new culture. They weren't using social media to reach out to people. They were just continuing to do things the old way. And if you don't adapt, if you don't change, you don't grow, you're going to wither and die. And I didn't want to see this happening And so I started looking at the real people that are coming in who want leather, who are looking for it, and saying, you know, well, we need to get the people that blaze those trails, too. We need to get the trans leathermen to come and speak and the the trans leather women. We need to get people of color out there and telling their stories and sharing what it was like. Because if we don't know where we came from, we're not going to know how to get where we want to go. This is true. The face of leather is definitely changing. We have uh, run into a conflict between sometimes between the leather before and the new leather. And you're right. They go about things in different ways. The, the TNG and even the younger uh, generation definitely have a different way of approaching uh, their interactions than the more traditional leather groups. And we're seeing the uh, many of the leather groups just withering, as you said. And I thank you for reaching out and trying to bring these groups together because often they, they just don't know how to even talk to each other. That is true when it comes to the difference in ages. And we actually had a roundtable last year, and that is what it was focused on. We had one roundtable on the different age groups within the community and bridging that gap between the elders and the younger people. Historically, there has been this notion that leather was a reserve for, I'll just be the alpha in the room, and the gay white male made up the leather culture. And... Nothing could be further from the truth, but that was the what many people believed was a notion. Perception. The perception, yeah. yeah. It's the myth that we've had to deal with, and that's part of why we're so adamant about bringing in the different voices to show that history isn't necessarily so. When I came into the scene in 1998, I'm, I'm 
20 years in the scene now. I came in at the sanctuary of a dark angel, a dungeon in Atlanta. It was run by Master Doug Harris and boy Bob Harris and their leather family. That, that is such a famous place, and you were amazingly lucky to come up in that. And for me, it was it was real. It was a magical time. It was incredible. And Master Doug, Miss Susan, and boy Bob, Sir John, and the whole Sanctuary family created a space where everyone could feel at home. Later in my journey, I ran into places where that was not true. The the straight white guy was not exactly welcome, and heaven forbid if a woman walked in the door uh, or a person of color, and that's not the leather I want to perpetuate. It is a prejudice, however you look at it, and I remember Master Doug being so generous letting anyone in his facility that would respect the house. There were men-only nights, there were women-only nights, there was there were open nights, and I never saw anyone turned away from the sanctuary unless it was a male-only night. Women would be told, sorry, and, you know, vice versa. But you respect the space and the place and the energy and come back on open nights. But yet the uh, the perceptions persisted that it was just for a narrow segment of society. And we have many pansexual leather groups that have come up in the last few years. But in some communities, their perception still is very strong that it's a that it's a, a good old boys club with the emphasis on the on the old part in some places. Yeah, and I'm getting the histories to say otherwise because I am getting the histories of the women who were here uh, 20, 30 years ago. It's not easy to find them anymore. Uh, A lot of them are no longer with us and, you know, to really get the history before they leave us. And one of the things that we're doing is archiving people like yourself and the people that have the stories so that this will be around for the future. When we say we're preserving the oral histories, we are doing that as well. We are actually videotaping. Great stuff, yeah. Yeah, and the historians actually have a choice. They do two sessions, and both of them can be recorded, or only one can be recorded. And that way, if they have things they would rather not have on camera (laughs) to say, they can say that in the second session. We are getting a little bit into the format of the conference, so uh, help us understand the format. Uh, this uh, format. So you have the historians and these are people that come and they are sharing their story with the attendees and also the story's being captured. Is that correct? Absolutely. We have two rooms set up and they have equivalent of like a living room chair and the historian sits in that chair or they can stand and walk. We have some that like to stand and move. And the attendees come in and take a chair. For that hour and a half, they listen. Some of the historians will open up toward the end to answer questions. And we record the entire thing, even some of the conversation that happens right after the session is over. And I have those recordings. (laughs) There's also, I presume, since this is a weekend event, you said that there's other things such as roundtables and more topical things. Yes, 
We start on Friday and we end on Sunday and we do two roundtables. One has been last year. It was dealing with the ages in the community and the other one was a racial diversity roundtable. We have our sessions. We have food. Saturday night is when we do our keynote. We actually have a dinner and we have a keynote historian there. We have cocktails because you can't have a leather event without a cocktail. <laughs> How true. <laughs> How true. That's one of the things I love about the uh, leather community is they do appreciate social lubrication. Absolutely. they do. And we have boot blacks present. We have vendors. Boot blacks are always a good thing. <laughs> Woody had his first experience with a boot black uh, a couple of years ago, and it kind of uh, greatly altered him. It did. It did. It changed my the way I think about things. Of course, you had one, too. Oh, well, I've, 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 I've had some, some marvelous yes. experiences yes, with boot blacks. How do people get to your conference? They go to our website. It's lhpfoundation.org. And at the top, it has a link for LHPF events, and it says LHP Weekend, and you click it, and you can register there. The link is there for our hotel. They can email me. They can find me on Facebook. I'm Tori Jones on Facebook, and my face is a big tree. We actually have Leather History Preservation Foundation on Facebook and on FetLife. We will have those links on our show page so that people can find you. But I take it that the, 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 the very critical point that they need to, this is other history, preservation. That word preservation needs to be, uh, when they're searching for you, that needs to be in there, right? Yes, it's Leather History Preservation Foundation. And I think if you Google that, you find us. Because we're kind of really an Internet present now. Uh, presence now, we are a 501c3. Congratulations. That's, we just, that is that's, never that's, easy to get. It's not so bad when you have someone handling your books that does an excellent job. Jeff is our money man. And when he says we keep our things transparent, he keeps track of all money spent. How did you all come into this kinky world? Your personal stories, because our listeners are always looking to, to connect and identify with our guests. And We're a history conference, so yeah, sharing a little bit of personal history is a-okay. Like I said earlier, I got I came into the lifestyle real time at the sanctuary of a dark angel. I had started exploring like so many people do today through the internet. I was an early adopter. Way back in the long, long time ago, there was a web host called GeoCities, and they had chat rooms. One of the chat rooms was Cape Canaveral, and it was all the science and, and tech and sci-fi nerds that hung out there. And at the time, I was a law enforcement officer, and I would tease people who were starting to get a little bit uh, rowdy or salty. You know, don't make me get out my handcuffs and nightstick. You wouldn't like it. And somebody would tease back and go, you don't know that. I might like that. Well, we got to talking in private, and she said, come meet some friends of mine. And she told me about Yahoo Chat, Bondage Go Go. And I started chatting there, and I was like, oh, my goodness, people do this for real? And, yeah, people do this for real. Holy cow. And several people from the chat wanted to meet in Atlanta, 
and go to the sanctuary. So I <laughs> took a chance and went. And I've been neck deep in the scene ever since. It's amazing the crossover between the geeks and the kink, isn't it? <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> Go go to Dragon Con. About a third of the crowd looks like they're dressed up for a leather event. Yeah, we recently had an episode on kinks and geeks, so uh, it, it is very true. Tori, how'd you come into all this? Somewhere around the early 2000s, 2003, somewhere around there, I started doing an internet search. I was looking for something and found alt.com. Oh, oh yes. Ooh, <laughs> that can make your head spin, couldn't it? Yeah, and with alt.com, I found a chat room for the southern uh, southern folk, and I started talking to people there, and I got invited. I had something I was selling. I was selling a corset, and someone invited me to a party, and they said, well, this is what goes on at the party, and it's like, okay, so I went with my then-husband, and... I was I was in shock because I'd never experienced such a thing in my life. Can you believe people do that? You know, oh my yeah. God. And I stayed in the chat room. His health deteriorated, so I didn't go places. And after he passed away, I started becoming more active and haven't looked back. Um, I've been all over since then. Since two thousand and eight, I've well, been going everywhere. Welcome to our little world. The wild and woolly world yeah. of kink. What do you see in the future for the uh, Preservation uh, Foundation? Well, right now we're looking at growing our attendance. It's a small conference, a small event. If we have 100, 125 people, we consider it a huge win. Our break-even is about 80, 85 attendees. We're not aiming to be the next dragon con or frolic con but we want to reach people and and we want to grow the conference slowly eventually we may expand into other activities and areas but right now we really do want to keep it focused on the history how are you planning on getting the recordings out so people can see them yeah that's the good one um <laughs> I have to do some editing on them because some of them do not have the um, interpreters on them. ASL. The ASL interpreters. So I'm going to get someone to videotape themselves doing the interpreting so that I can overlay them and put them on DVD. And for those that signed off on it, some of the videos will go to LA&M. Some will go to the Carter Johnson Leather Library. Excellent organizations. Hopefully most of them will go to both. And I've had people ask about if we would make them available for purchase. That wasn't something I thought about in the beginning. So I have to go back to everybody I have recorded and get their permission to do that. That is an important thing. We have found that recently ourselves, that you can get into trouble if you don't do that. You've got to have the signatures on the dotted line. Yes. Yeah, consent counts, especially when money is changing hands. <laughs> I'm I'm going to put that on our form. Consent counts. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We're going to borrow Susan Susan Wright's line here. That's right. Well, guys, we want to thank you for joining us on the show tonight and sharing uh, with our listeners the Leather Preservation Foundation. I think this is a really important thing 
the verbal history is such an important thing, you know, the storytelling that goes with it. And the, the people that have brought us to where we are today, you know, are guides into the future where we're going to be going. And so thank you for sharing this information. And I think it will be great information for people that are looking to learn more about the Leather Society. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for the invite. As I said, we will have your links on the show page on kinkycast.com. So listeners, go over there, check it out, click on the links, and uh, I'm sure that we'll all have a great time. Thank you. Thank you, and we'll talk to you maybe in the future again. Absolutely, anytime. All right. Look forward to it. Have a great day. You have been listening to episode 222 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week when we present Trinity on a year of living uncomfortably. 